You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer podcast. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Eel, the Culture Change Agent. On this show, we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generation of leaders. And today, I got the privilege, the privilege to, to, to have a legend on the podcast, man. It's been a, it's been years, years, literally years in the making. Um, and I just love the way the energy happens where, um, we got true people that even though you don't talk to all the time, true friends that, yo, whenever they're ready, it's ready. Like, you feel me though? Like, we supposed to do this years ago, right? And, and crazy. See, how do we, before we do a, uh, a typical introduction, like, how do we even, how do we connect? I think Instagram. Instagram. And cause you, you've been, how'd you even learn about the podcast? I found it. I, you know, just stumbling on, um, Apple, I mm-hmm. think just trying to figure out, you know, uh, some podcasts to add to the, mm-hmm. to the wardrobe and, this materials, was like, and that was 2016, 2015, 2014, yeah. really. it was early. It's crazy. It early. Like it's 2020 yeah. and it's just crazy how <laughs> you can really actualize, um, right. online relationships, that's right? right? That's right. That's and right. that's what really, that's the. The thing of the essence of online, though, that's what it's really supposed to be. Right. Where if you like, we started. I don't know when did when did the trend become? We added friends arbitrarily. Right. <laughs> you know, I, it's funny because I my whole concept of social media was to to build meaningful connections. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me. When I see people that are like minded, you yeah. know, I, I don't just want to follow you online, <laughs> right? Like I really want to get to know you. Right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is this is a full circle moment because I remember even before reaching out to you, um, I would listen to the podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, one day I want to be on this podcast. <laughs> and then I reached out to you and I was like, you know, trying to figure out how you yeah. select your, you know, your interviewees. And, and here we are. So it's like. You know, it's a full circle moment. I'm the privileged one yeah, to be on nah, here today, you it's, know? <laughs> and it's it's great, man, because it's this whole circle. I've been in Charlotte. Uh, Khalil, we connected the same way via mm-hmm. Instagram. And we were a fraternity brother. I didn't even know he was in our fraternity and all that. And then I have an OG. And it's like, it's just really good to see at this level as people continue to grow. But also, too, I've realized this year with everything that's going on, good, bad, and downright ugly and disgusting, um, the importance of utilizing the relationships you have. Because if you're not utilizing, what's the point of them? That's right. I mean, it's sad, but That's literally, right. if you go on your phone, I tell people to go through this, I had to go through this exercise. Mm-hmm. If you got to go through your phone, these contacts, the people you've never contacted in these years, should they even be on your phone? That's right. Like, That's and, right. and if the people that you talk to all the time, yeah. do we, and not just everything that has to be a business in exchange, but even right. a life exchange, are they adding, like not even adding value, like technical, right. but like, what are we doing? Right. 
that's key. I mean, I think that's a, a key element is that, and you said not add value, but for me, it is. You know, how, <laughs> yeah. how are you going to add value, right? Because it, I think time is our most valuable asset. So if we're, we're investing it with people that, you know, are not going to help us advance in our lives, then, you know, is that something, is that a friendship of substance that you want to invest your time into? So, mm. so in regards to that, let's start the podcast. Like, let me use it, man. Can you share with our audience a quote or a mantra you live by and then share with us a story about how you applied that within the last like month or so? Oh, my goodness. Uh, so a go-to quote for me uh, is forward always. And mm. that came from uh, Luke Cage. So um, in my house- Like Mortal Kombat Luke Cage? Well- Or Marvel, Netflix. So, yeah. Luke yeah, Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and, you know, and that was just a, we're, we're a Marvel family. And uh, so I start watching that. And, and, and that whole quote just stood with me. And, and really it's just, you know, no matter what, you've got to move forward, right? Mm. Um, and I think just looking at how things are going right now mm. in our country- Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the, the best example of that is just being able to get up every day and keep moving forward. Right. Mm-hmm. In a time where there's so much <laughs> going on. Right. There's so many things that can distract you. There's so many things that can, you know, have an emotional toll on you. Right. Um, so I think it's critical that you keep that mindset of I've got to keep it moving forward. Right. And so anytime I'm feeling like I'm getting in a slump or I'm like, gosh, what what else could happen? Right. I'm like, OK, you've got to move. So simple, straight to the point, but something that I definitely have applied um, most recently, just trying to navigate uh, under this, you know, under this administration, under, you know, things that are going on in the world. Um, so it's been helpful to me. Yeah. Even this podcast, I mean, yesterday I know and, I, and I'm always conscious about talking about death because um, there's a lot of people that die all the time. Right. Celebrity, non-celebrity, people that will know, people that we'll never know about. Right. But there is an extra emphasis in a worldly context with people that mean a lot for the culture like you know just last night i get the news i'm like i'm like bro i was at the crib i'm like uh that that crushed me it was it was uh i think everybody just you know you had a moment of pause and it was shock because all i could think was you know from what i was reading he was diagnosed years ago yeah you know so you did all of this filming with that you know and it's just it's a perfect example of what I hope we all can, you know, can strive to model in our lives is that, you know, he pushed forward, you know, he didn't let anyone see that he was ill. Right. And it's just a, you know, a testament to what's possible. Um, So hopefully, you know, it's it's sad, but the legacy lives on. Right. And the impact that he has had on so many lives, you know, lives on. Yeah. It's a true definition of of, of a king and a a couple of different aspects. One, like I said, regardless of what he was going through, he showed it on. And two, I mean, he had a strong support group that nobody ever knew. Right. Like, I mean, you can't be a king if you had, it's a monolith, it's That's a dictatorship. True. If like sure. no nobody said nothing, there was there was no rumors that we were aware yeah. of. Yeah. So for him to operate on that level, yeah. Um, under that under the pressure, of what I mean, these roles he's been. I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, he was like the go to black guy on every role right. from Thurgood Marshall yes. to yes. freaking yes. Jackie Robinson, yeah. the, uh, I mean, like James Brown, James Brown. Like, that to me, I'm like, man, to be able to think, yeah, James, James, like James, yeah. like, these are these, are, like, he was <laughs> right. the go to guy. And right. then it, that's why, to be right. honest, that's why it gets kind of sick and cynical. You're like, hold up, a guy that really was on this level for, for black people in so many different roles, right. and then to top it off with Wakanda for the kids, for the culture, yes, like, yes. all that black excellence in yes. Wakanda, and like, yes. y'all gonna take yes. that away? Yes, yes, that's that is the the hit I think we're all feeling. It's like, why? 
why like, you know you, you can't you can't, i still you can't, i can't wrap my head around that right. like the momentum that it caused in the industry right. the new norms right. and everybody got behind it everybody yes. yes yes black white whatever it was a it was yes. a, a phenomenal moving concept and he really was it oh he was and then now it's like what yeah did it, it just yeah. still it's hard to commute compute uh, but that's the that's the layeredness of honestly being black in America, because we're there's that's trauma that we 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 all respect it, but we don't know him. But then we have people in our family in our lives mm-hmm. that um and not not died on their own merit, people that died unmeritedly. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we have people in our family that have caused people to die unmeritedly, and right. you're consistently living in that matrix because then sometimes you get deeper with systematic. I mean, shoot, if it's just it's a lot to oh, it. Oh, it's heavy. And then when we still record the next day, yeah. give great content um, and then continue to try to achieve in business. You're an entrepreneur. So like and you run another company and it's just like show yeah. up yeah. and you're on calls with people that are unaware of none of this. Right. My right. Wi-Fi is going on. So please, because somebody yeah. I'm like, yo, you talking about Wi-Fi. Right. <laughs> like right. I, be on yeah. call. I know you be on calls like, oh, man. Yeah. The emotional trauma, you know, we and this is uh, we've seen a lot of this, but, you know, in the black community, especially after years of being oppressed, the emotional trauma is real mm-hmm. um, and the ability to to go into our workplaces. Right. And, and try to mask that. Right. Because you still have to be productive. You still have to. You know, and so I think um uh, some companies are trying to put an effort in, you know, maybe you're working from home and, and you know, they're giving you some some mental health days or, mm-hmm. you know, so so there are some organizations and then there are some that are like business as usual. Right. Um, it's the same approach to how, you know, folks have approached coronavirus. Right. It's mm-hmm. just, we've got to keep it moving. We've got to keep it moving. And it speaks to, you know, our country and what's most important to the country. But, you know, as a community, I think, you know, we we have to deal with, you know, where we are soul wise right mm-hmm. um, and make sure that we're we're taking care of ourselves because that's going to impact everything um mm-hmm. so that's a you know a critical piece that i think we've got to give attention to and the duality which i'm excited to explore during this during this uh this show right here which makes it very unique to us because then there's an added level specific, you specifically being in the lgbtq plus community where it's like there's another level you mm-hmm. feel me because mm-hmm. then it's like like you keep appealing mm-hmm. and there's a whole a lot with that yeah, as well. Absolutely. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited because honestly, I think outside of uh, Seth, I think you're really the only openly one that I've, I probably have interviewed, but they, we didn't yeah. discuss that or talk that over on the show. And it's not by design. Yeah, it yeah, just, yeah. it just happenstance and whatnot. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited to kind of um, touch and break new ground because I mean, in a day we just got this so much, and I hate to always be on the trauma trope, but there's so much trauma and healing on every aspect. That's on, true. It's so much. It is. But yeah. let's 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 start it off like this. Uh, can you give us one word to describe this week in general and why you chose to to kind of um, use that word? And we we call this section "Find the Pulse" because we always want to make sure. Me as a host, I want to make sure I'm aware of where I'm entering conversations because I've been back in my young days. I'm like whatever, and then I realized it was a conversation with somebody that just passed last week. Yeah. So not to say you change your whole script, but you have to. Acquiesce. So I say, uh, going forward, I'm not gonna be caught like this. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then I'm like, damn, I'm yeah. like, I'm insensitive. Like, uh-huh. you feel me? So yeah, give us give us a word, describe the weekend, uh, why you chose that word. 
Uh, you know, th- this week, I, the first thing that came to mind was was productive, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit about it, but I'm, you know, in a, in a different role now. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, and, and I'm excited about it. And so, you know, a lot of the time is, you know, making sure that I have a, a strategy and a system and mm-hmm. processes that are going to allow me to be successful. And so this week, having an opportunity to, you know, spend some time in, in Phoenix working mm-hmm. with the team and uh, and then come back and have a few days to, to decompose press and, you know, to really study the, you know, the last few weeks and the interactions with colleagues. It just felt like a good, productive week. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, when I got to to Friday, I'm like, okay, you know, I was able to just relax and, and, you know, and enjoy, Um, you know, everything seems to be going in the right direction. Um, And and I, you know, personally, I'm just trying to make sure that I show up the best I can uh, to make sure that it's as productive as possible. Um, So, so I'm pleased with this week. I think it was productive would be my, my descriptor. the new toy this week too like you got the Let's new see. kit like what's up like why, why why you pull the trigger oh, like you I, oh look at, i said you shooting from half court bro like what's Greg, listen it's funny because um 2008 uh-huh. uh my wife bought she rented a c300 yeah dropped it off um i was interning at creative loafing um, and, creative loafing, I love right, that right. Creative, creative so, loafing. So I was, you know, I was interning there, and she she called and she said, "Come outside. Um, you know, there's a there's a car here for you, right?" And so I'm coming out. I'm like, you know, and it was that car, mm-hmm. and I had been talking about it. You know, my parents were talking. You know, I had been talking about it for years. This mm-hmm. is the car I want, and I can't even remember why it was the car, but I. Everyone said you've been talking about that for years. So when she rented the car, we drove uptown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because you got to do that, right? Yeah. Driving uptown and like we went to go eat uptown. And yeah. I was the whole time I'm just like envisioning what it's going to be like when I have this car. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fast forward, you know, what, 12 years mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, the opportunity presented itself. Everything aligned. You know, we, you know, made the right steps to prepare for it. And we went and, um, you know, and, and bought the car black, black on black, yeah. uh, which was key. I was like, you know, yeah, I went to several. Key. Several dealerships. I'm like, no, you don't understand. It has to be black on black, you know. So we we were excited about that, and uh, seven miles, you know, on the car, and drove it off, and uh, you know, now I'm, you know, I'm feeling like it, it still hasn't set in that I got the car, but you know, it, it's here. How does it feel when you start to actualize some things that in your life, not to say you thought were unachievable, rather, but more so you 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 finally get it. Like, okay, you got a house. Okay, I really have a house. Okay. Your business, you hit a certain level of income, like, whoa, we really do hit. Right. And especially, especially for some, and I don't know, and we'll get into your backstory, mm-hmm. but if you're not used to that, and it's yeah. like, hold up, this is really real for yeah. real? Yeah. Like, how, like, what is, how does that, how do you, how do you cope with that? Oh, it is, you know, for me, you know, when, when I have something that I'm envisioning for myself, you know, I'm speaking it into existence, no matter what the circumstances are, I'm speaking it into existence. And so, you know, as you start doing that, you try to create, you know, the environment to attract what you're seeking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the the biggest thing was seeing it manifest, and then saying, "Okay, what's next?" That's my that's my thing, right? Um, it's not that it surprises me that it manifests because I believe it, you know, before yeah. I even receive it, right? Yeah. Um, and so that piece isn't it. It's the now that I have it, yeah. I have trouble being content. 
Mm. with it right because now i'm like okay well what's next what am i you know and so you got to see three but there's yeah, other right, dishes right, the other right, kids right, right, yeah. right. you know and, and it's funny you said that because you know we after i bought the car we went to eat and you know we were celebrating and stuff and then i was like you know that s class is real nice. you know and so you just and i'm like here just be be content you know, 100 miles on it, the predominant, yeah, you talk about the S. And so that's, and so that's the piece that I think is the biggest challenge for me is learning to be content. You know, you wanted this, you know, God made it so that you have it. Be grateful for it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, don't move on to the next so quickly, right? Yeah. Um, and that's a big thing because I, overall, I'm just such a driven person. So I, I'm always, you know, raise the bar, raise the bar, raise mm-hmm. the bar, right? And sometimes you just have to be content and say, God, I look how far mm-hmm. I've come from not even having a car for so long, you know, mm-hmm. to now being able to get the, you know, the car that I've wanted all this, all these years. So um, I think it's just an exercise for me. And how do you, you know, how do you remain driven mm-hmm. but be content? You know, yeah, what you have. Mm. So let's let's go ahead and jump right in, man. Can you give our audience, man, a little a little context of man, kind of who you are, and then kind of walk us through um, your business journey? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a Greensboro native. Um, so three three six. Yeah, yeah. So I, I broke the mold. I didn't go to A and T. A lot of my family went to A and T. I end up I ended up uh, going to Gardner Webb for two years. Okay. I went on an academic scholarship. Uh, my intentions were to go into ministry. Mm-hmm. So I got to Gartner Webb, you know, s- small town, um, and I said, you know, I want something more, mm-hmm. right? I want to. I feel like there's something else, you know. At that time, I was thinking I'm going to move to New York. I'm gonna oh, gonna that, going to live back, you know. Oh, I was going to do it. I was like, you know, I want this metropolitan, you know, feel. I want to, you know, work with SM Magazine or maybe a Black Enterprise. You know, I had that kind of, you know, thought, and so. Um, Gardner Welp just wasn't it. You know, I felt like, you know, I had maximized everything I could do in Bowling Springs. Right. Uh, So uh, a friend of mine said, you know, um, let's look at going to UNC Charlotte. Let's, Mm -hmm. you know, let's transfer to UNC Charlotte. So we um, I said, I don't think I'm going to get in. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, when you look at UNC Charlotte, you're thinking it's this, you know, prestigious school in comparison to what Gardner Welp was. Because we were traveling. there. I never put UNC Charlotte on that map, but I mean, maybe, you know, because in my mind, I'm thinking it's so much different than what Gardner Webb is. Right. So I'm thinking it's got to be hard to get into. Everybody wants to, you know, go to UNC Charlotte. And so I'm like, you know, I'm doubting myself. Am I going to get in? So we we did it. And, uh, you know, the stars aligned, got accepted. Mm -hmm. So I I moved to Charlotte in 2007. Mm hmm. Um, and that was a game changer for me coming to Charlotte. Um, you know, at the time I had switched majors. So mm-hmm. I was, you know, pursuing English and journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and my goal was to, you know, explore all the elements of journalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I was fortunate to be able to write for Creative Loafing, mm-hmm. um, you know, Q City Metro, wow. uh, you know, several publications. Um, even in high school, writing for Greensboro News and Record kind of helped me get yeah, Greens- my feet. Shout out to Greensboro right? News and Record. Right? Man. Absolutely. They, they definitely gave me my first little taste of what journalism was um, through a summer program that they had for uh, minorities in the community. And so um, that was, you know, that was my focus. I'm going to, I'm going to pursue journalism. Um, And so I started interning all around Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Um, I had an opportunity to intern with a a PR firm, Mm -hmm. JSW Media Group, Mm -hmm. uh, who uh, the owner of that company became a mentor of mine, helped to really connect me to other people in Charlotte, um, realized public relations wasn't where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, with journalism, I, you know, I said, well, I think there's something more. Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, I get to UNC Charlotte, I'm interning, I'm doing all this. Um, and I, and I knew that I didn't want to go to, into journalism after yeah. I graduated. I said, there's <laughs> gotta be, you know, there's something else. And I wasn't sure what it was. And so 
20, you know, 2009, I graduated mm -hmm. from, you know, from undergrad. Uh, and I'm like, okay, what, what's next? Right. Mm -hmm. Cause again, timing, we've got the recession that we're coming out of. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're trying to sort through it and you're like, God, I did everything that I was told to do, go to school, get yeah. the degree. Now what? Right. Um, and so 2009, I, just like I'm, I'm trying to find my way. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up working with a law firm out of Matthews mm -hmm. um, and I was responsible for their marketing. Yep. Right. And so this was my first taste of, you know, being independent and being mm -hmm. out in the world. Right. Um, and it, it changed the game for me because I saw, uh, you know, I was able to work with different people. Mm -hmm. I was able to grow and develop. Um, and it, it really helped me to to build on, you know, the experience I had to go elsewhere. So mm -hmm. 2009, you know, working there uh, and then my mom had uh, open heart surgery. Oh, man. She had open heart surgery, her second open heart surgery. And the demands of that job were so intense mm -hmm. that, you know, when my mom was having surgery, you know, they wanted me to be on calls. They wanted me, you know, and I was like, this, there's got to be something better than this. It, you know, if I have to choose, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to prioritize family. Yeah. Right? Um, so I ended up uh, resigning from that position uh, to, to be there to help support my family mm -hmm. through that time. Um, and at that moment, I'm like, OK, well, now I don't have any come yeah you know, <laughs> support I, a family right, yeah she i'm like right. i quit they gonna be supporting you know, right, me right and i'm like this so this isn't adding up and so what i did is i said okay well look at everything that you've done you know you've been interning you know you've, you've worked in in this role so you've got some lead generation and you know search engine optimization skills um you know what can you do to kind of put it all together mm -hmm. right um <clears throat> and so what you know what the focus was was then you know, Lily Pan and Pen. We created a business. That was my first business. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, to help. And what year was this? This was 2010. Okay. 2010. Yep. Yeah. So we, um, you know, I took everything I had done, resume writing, copy editing, mm -hmm. you know, and put it under one company. Mm -hmm. And we were going to help emerging small businesses and career transitioning professionals, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try it, see what happens, right? Mm -hmm. So we start that. Um, and we, you know, we're just, we're going slowly, but surely. Right. Um, and then what I realized is that everyone we, that was coming to us for our services, yeah. you know, were unemployed. Right? Oh. <laughs> so, right. So, so now you've got this dynamic of like, okay, you know, they really need this resume. Uh -huh. Right. Uh, but they can't pay for the resume. <laughs> right. So there's this dynamic, right. <laughs> where you're like, wait a minute, what, you know, what am I going to do? Yeah. You can't turn them away. Yeah. But right now I don't have a business because I'm not making anything. Right? <laughs> I'm actually, you know, and it's funny now, cause it's like, you know, I was, I was paying, you know, like the, the overhead to run the business uh -huh. and I wasn't making anything right yeah. um and, and still yeah, I was in the right place though i was in the right place you know and, <laughs> and it's funny because even with that you know the little bit that we were bringing in you know i was like you know we, we were trying to be charitable so you know 50 yeah. percent of our proceeds went to nonprofits, A right baby? Greg, I was like, oh, Greg, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> you know, I'm sowing all the seeds. I'm like, let me yeah, just, you know, I'm sowing, right? Sowing to my own detriment. But, <laughs> you know, but. At some point, they'll grow, but hey, yeah, in, in, the, in the season, oh, it's it like. A, it took a long time. Duke Energy, the rent, you know, none of that wanted to hear about the, the harvest is coming. They're like, you got to pay the bill, right? <laughs> so, so that was the thing. That was the <laughs> dynamic for us. That was the dynamic. And so. Um, I said, okay, we got to figure something else out. So I thought, well, why can't we take this and make it a nonprofit? Mm -hmm. So we, we transitioned from, 
you know, Lily Pad and Pen into what became the Resurrect Love Project. Mm-hmm. We took the, you know, what Lily Pad and Pen was mm-hmm. and we put it under a program under the Resurrect Love Project that mm-hmm. was called Higher Ground. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we had, wow. you know, it, it all kind of came together. And so we put that there and we started to, you know, the goal was to ignite a global love movement through mm-hmm. acts of community center service. Mm-hmm. So we went to nonprofits in the area and we tried to fill their gaps. Right. Mm-hmm. We worked with families during the holidays, you know, to, to sponsor their Christmas, mm-hmm. to sponsor their Thanksgiving. Right. And the whole idea was that I really felt that we were in a time where people need to understand that service was synonymous with love, right? So if you mm. can serve someone, you know, it breaks down the, those barriers, right? Mm. So if I'm helping a family and I'm equipping them with, you know, their Christmas gifts, they don't look at me and say, oh, I don't want it because, you know, Sierra's black or, you know, Sierra's LGBT or whatever, right? At that moment, it breaks down all the barriers, right? Because they, they can see that there's love there. Right. And so I just felt like that was such a powerful thing. And so we started the Resurrect Love Project. And then the goal was, okay, well, you know, I, you hear people talk about nonprofits and grants and mm-hmm. they're not readily available, right? They, they take yeah. time. So, and then once you get, the thing is, once you get in and build a relationship, then it's like, it's just the, the faucet for some just keep going, but to get there, Yes. Most people don't get there. Yes. 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 <laughs> and it takes time and you've got to have some kind of safety net, uh-huh. right, to ensure that you don't go under while you're waiting for those grants to come. So I'm still back in the same position and I'm like, okay, what's going on, right? And so I said, all right, at this point, I need to go back out. I need to find a job, yeah. right? And the thought was I could I could work a job, but I could, you know, put the, the capital into the Resort Club yep. project, right? Mm-hmm. So that's 2012. 2012, mm-hmm. I said, okay, we got to, you know, we got to figure this out, right? So I um, went online. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm searching for jobs and I, and I preface this to say, you know, that Craigslist back in 2012 wasn't what Craigslist is today. Oh yeah, you can okay. find some, I, I, I found know, my first couple yeah. jobs on Craigslist, <laughs> you know? like for so, real. But people, you know, I, I say Craigslist and people are like, oh no, like, it, but it wasn't what it was. So uh-huh. Craigslist, I go on Craigslist, I find this ad for a uh, position uh, that, you know, had marketing associate. And, you know, I'm reading it. I'm like, okay, this sounds like something that I want to explore. You know, fast forward, I go in and I'm interviewing, go through a series of interviews and it led me. You can close down the the messages after something. Just it's quit it. Force quit. It, um, it, you know, it led me to environmental service systems, you know, and, and so environmental service systems is where I've been for the last eight years. Okay. Um, you know, and my, my role within the company, uh, was business development. Okay. So what it allowed me to do was, um, you know, to, to really help grow that entrepreneurial spirit. It gave me ownership of growing the company. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, But it also gave me still that I could then take, you know, some of those resources and fund some of my own passions. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, it it helped me to develop in areas that, you know, I I was weak in. Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, like what what like what type of areas were you weak in? Public speaking. Yeah. Public speaking, no, no doubt. You know, um, I remember when I was interviewing for the position and, you know, the president of the company said, you know, are you comfortable public speaking, you know, with public speaking? And, I, and I'm, in my mind, I'm like, absolutely no, yeah. I, you know, like no way. And, you know, but it's one of those things you sink or swim. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, absolutely. You know, like I'm, I'm good, you know, and I remember walking, walking out, right. Walking out of the interview and I'm talking to myself, like, why would you do it? You know, and you fast forward to when I started, 
you know, one of our first presentations, you know, was, uh, you know, in a, in a room with, you know, a large table and you've got 15 people that's watching you present. Right. And I remember like, I'm sweating, you know, my voice is cracking, my hands are shaking. Like, it's like, no doubt that I'm not comfortable. Right. Like, you, yeah, you know, I am not right, okay. Right. Right. So, you know, but, um, it gave me an opportunity through practice mm -hmm. to be able to develop that skill set. And over time, you know, it got, it got better. You know, I don't think you ever get away from having some nervousness. Right. But I learned how to be in control of yeah, it. So. When you're not nervous at all. Then it, then it's like, do you care? Right. Like, yeah. are, you, are you on that level? I mean, unless. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, nah, yeah. nah. So, and, and break down for our audience what ESS is. Yeah. So uh, environmental service systems is a national facility maintenance company. Okay. Uh, based here in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the company was started in 1998 mm -hmm. uh, by industry veteran um, who decided that, you know, he wanted to to go out and, and start his own business. Um, so we started primarily providing cleaning services. Mm -hmm. um, and then over the years, if we've, as we've grown with mm -hmm. our customer base, uh, we now add, added on some services like your landscaping, your HVAC maintenance, mm -hmm. you know, your, um, your light bulb maintenance, several services that have to do with the upkeep of a facility yeah. um, and, and specifically commercial facilities. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, you know, that's where, again, it was, it was a new industry for me, mm -hmm. had no clue. You know, I honestly, I was surprised coming into it because, you know, millennials, when you think about millennials, we don't think about going to work with cleaning companies right yeah. away. Right. Uh -huh. Like you don't make that connection. And so there was a little bit of a rub there. I'm like, is this really where, you know, I'm going to be long term. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, it as, ain't sexy. It's it, not consulting where you're not. Essentially, yeah. if you're looking from a layman's term, it's like, hold up. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Cleaning? Like, hey, what do you do? Yeah. Well, I work for uh, essential ESS. OK, yeah. what do y'all do? Yeah. Uh, we, we clean. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dip, you yeah. know, and people don't realize that, you know, it's a, it's a recession proof industry. It's mm -hmm. a 65 billion dollar industry. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so in times like this, where we have a pandemic on our hands, this industry isn't <laughs> impacted like, you know, some of yeah. the others are. Right. Um, and so, you know, looking at it when I when I came, I'm like, this isn't what I thought. This wasn't the sexy thing. Like you said, it wasn't the sexy thing that I thought I'd be doing. Uh, but, you know, I, I got in there and I just fell in love with it. You know, I fell in love with the, the company, mm -hmm. the people. Uh, and it made my job easier because I believed so strongly in the company that I could sell it in a way that was believable. I didn't mm -hmm. have to, you know, I didn't have to put my integrity on the yep. line to sell. You know, I, it was like, no, I believe in this and I know this is going to be a good service for the clients that we support. So um, it was a, it was a happy marriage. Um, mm. And so, you know, eight years later and, you know, here we are. And let's jump in and like we're going to get for our audience. I just wanted to we just paint the picture and I'm getting a lot of stuff from it. Yeah. But let's talk through uh, your cleaning network. Let's talk yeah. through your entrepreneurship network because it mean a lot of these ventures, it start off as entrepreneurship and then it rolled into actual positions and yeah. salary making positions, which yeah. is important for entrepreneurs out there. I know yeah. everybody want to yeah. jump off the, the, the boat and start your own business. Right. But then you you cash trap. Right. Like you feel right. me? So you can right. you can you can get it both ways. Oh, absolutely. Because there's some there's some struggles that most people don't share with doing it just the raw amount. The most y'all ain't built for, to be honest. Most of us ain't built for. Right, Shoot, I, I, nobody's really built for certain struggles right. of entrepreneurship, right. Right. They, especially right. a black entrepreneur. Oh yeah. But okay. you don't have no. Absolutely. There's no saving grace. Absolutely. There's no hey, well, no loans, no aunties, yeah. no family and friends. Yeah, you're pulling it from the mud. So yeah, let, walk us through uh, the auspice of this cleaning network and the formation of it and kind of where it stands today. Yeah, yeah. So you know, a couple years ago, yeah. um, the the president of uh, Environmental Service Systems mm -hmm. approached me and said, "Hey, I've got this idea. 
you know, I, you know, I, I'm looking at the tech space. We were both kind of looking at it and he mm-hmm. said, you know, I think there's a need in our industry, mm-hmm. uh, for a resource, uh, to help cleaning companies find talent. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and you know, to kind of preface it in, in the cleaning industry, the mm-hmm. turnover rate is 200%. Oh, what, what, how, how do you do it? Yeah, 200%? 200%? Like, what, do you, yeah, what does that, yeah, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, so, you know, you're, you're essentially, you know, turning over, uh, so many of your employees in a year mm-hmm. because, you know, the reality is these positions aren't your high paying jobs. Yeah. And when you can go work at a, you know, at a Amazon, Amazon you know, even if it's in the distribution center, it's Amazon, 15, Amazon, 16, right, right. Even if they work you like whatever, <laughs> they got you in that little biometric That's boy. It. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so people will, will easily leave, mm-hmm. you know, to make more. And, and we understand it. Right. Um, the, we've got to be honest about the cost of living. Right. They'll quit within uh, a day. They'll work absolutely. a week and stop. You like you, you calling them where they at. They answer the phone like I'm yeah. the game. That's it. That's it. So, <laughs> you know, we we wanted to bring a solution to market that would help with that um, specifically help you find quality talent mm-hmm. in the cleaning industry. So uh, we started meeting every Saturday. Uh, in a conference room, you know, with the, with the post-its on the wall, mm-hmm. flushing out the idea. Um, uh, and you know, we launched in 2018, mm-hmm. um, with the intent of, you know, really trying to bring a solution to market that, mm-hmm. you know, we knew was needed. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so now, you know, fast forward a little bit here, um, you know, we, we've got a team in place, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've got, um, you know, support that's kind of helping us get, get it where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is to, um, create a platform similar to, you know, what you would expect with a, with any kind of recruiting platform, mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, cleaning professionals can now set up a profile, uh, to really hold themselves in, in high esteem, right? Yeah. You get to, to market yourself in a way that's mm-hmm. very different than what you would do on a LinkedIn or a career builder or any other tool, right? Because it's customized for our industry, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then we bring the cleaning companies that are looking for, you know, cleaning staff, mm-hmm. uh, not just cleaning staff, but your, your sales and marketing. You may mm-hmm. be looking for management, right? Uh, for your team, we bring them in and they can search on our mm-hmm. platform for exactly what they need, right? So if they're looking for a full-time day porter in Charlotte, North Carolina, they can get really detailed as to what, you know, Real their great. search, right, right, their search specifications are. And then, you know, they're connected with those that are in our you know, membership database, right? Um, and so we make that connection mm-hmm. with the intent that, you know, they'll they'll engage, they'll interview, and then the success story is that that person gets hired, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's been exciting for us. We've, you know, we're now that we've launched and we're, we're still, you know, fine tuning things. Uh, but I think the market has, has received us well. Yeah. Um, and now it's just, you know, how do we take it each day? We're, we're thinking, okay, how do we take it to that next level? Right. Uh, but it definitely, for me personally, uh, one, you know, being able to, um, you know, create a business with a, a mentor of mine, yeah. uh, someone who I respect and hold in high esteem, uh, was, was one thing, right. That's, mm-hmm. that's a remarkable piece of it. But then two, it helped me to grow entrepreneurially, yeah. right. Um, because what I realized is that I flourished when I had a partner. Yeah. rather than trying to do it all on my own. Yeah. Right. Um, and so a little bit of the pride and the ego had to go away because it's not, it doesn't have ways? to be, you know, because I had, you know, I had so many other entrepreneurial ventures where yeah. I felt like I, I was the person. Right. And, yeah. and I, if I didn't succeed, right. It then it was fall. just all, yeah, it was all on me. Right. And, uh, and in a way I felt comfortable with that. Right. Because I had control mm-hmm. or at least I thought I did, you know, I yeah. thought I had control. Yeah. Um, control over a singing ship ain't control. Right. It's not. 
not saying it was not, a single yeah, shit, but yeah. it's the general no, stuff that's going honestly, on. Like, yeah. honestly, you know, because <laughs> honestly, you have to be, you have to look at it like that, right? You have to, you have to be honest. Yeah. Um, and so it was, you know, it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, you want control, but what do you really have, right? Like at the end of the day, you're not control controlling what, right, right, right. So I was like, this ain't, you know, this isn't sustainable, right? And so, you know, with Cleaning Network, it gave us an opportunity to, you know, I was able where, you know. He has his strengths, you know, they complement my weaknesses and, and vice versa. Right. And so um, it just helped us to really form, you know, a company that we, we you know, made sure the foundation was set. You know, we, we've nurtured it every step of the way, uh, but it has given me peace of mind because I haven't had to carry the whole weight of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also had someone who had already been successful, you know, creating his own business. Um, so I could learn under, you know, under his feet. I just sat and watched, you know, I did it with ESS. It worked for me there. Mm-hmm. And so it gave us an opportunity to come together in a way that, you know, it, it has been it's been like a, a life changing opportunity for me. Mm, and, and speaking of strengths, like what would you say your strengths are now and how were you able to, to, to identify them? Yeah. So I think that for me, being able to build relationships is a, is a key strength of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that where I've been able to excel is understanding business in a way and being able to speak that language, right? Uh, so working in an environment where you're engaging with corporations, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, and their focus is on a lot of times it's around money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so, me. Right. That's, you know, um, take all the other stuff out. They can like me all they want, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, it has to make financial sense. And so learning that language and learning how to, you know, package, you know, our services or now package our services and the, you know, and cleaning network in a way that they understand the value that's behind it and then feel comfortable making that investment. Right. Um, that's a strength. That's yeah. a strength, right? To be able to communicate in a way that gets them, you know, comfortable with investing, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, through a, a cleaning contract with us or whether it's, you know, signing up to become a member of Cleaning Network. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's certainly, um, you know, two strengths that I think I have that have helped me to excel, you know, in those in different endeavors. And would you say your mentors, people around you, or how are you able to self-diagnose that? And the reason why I mm-hmm. ask, because there's so many people that um, may be listening right now that even their high achievers or some low achievers, whatever, mm-hmm. that they, if you ask them what their strengths were, it's hard for them to tell. So yeah. what are some strategies that you've used um, that allowed you to realize your value? Because mm-hmm. value is a big word and you don't realize your value. You can be the same skill set, same talent, right? And get different results. From somebody dip like that has a similar thing because they know what their value is, right? Specifically, when we're talking about doing people, everybody want to get these corporate deals, B two B, yeah, B two B. They're like, well, B two B. You if you don't know your value, you can't communicate. If they yeah. if they can't understand what your value is to them, yeah, that's right. You'll never win. That's right. That's right. So yeah, yeah like how, how do people? How can people self assess? Yeah. Well, you know, for me, the the benefit was I was in business development, mm-hmm. and business development is you know you know if you're good based on the results you're getting, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know that if you can, you know, if you can get someone to to sign off on giving you a million dollar contract plus, right? Um, then then there's something that you're doing right to yeah. build to build credibility to build so trust. Find right? the wins first. So, so you find, yeah, yeah so, find the breadcrumbs of wins. Absolutely, absolutely. And so for me, it was easier to d- identify. Okay, I'm actually good at this. Mm. You know, because I had the results of, you know, of growing a business and seeing those contracts coming in, you know, and it said, okay, you may have something there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But then on the other side, it also helped to expose where, you know, I may be weak in some areas. And so it gave me a a full perspective, you know, or an assessment of of where I was. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But I think ultimately, if I weren't in business development, 
you know, I would be looking at, you know, I, I'm a big person of like sitting and self-assessing. Yeah. Right. And being really clear about, you know, who you know yourself to be. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and figuring out what environment you're going to thrive in. Mm -hmm. Right. And also what environment is going to allow you to be challenged in some ways, too, because I think that's key is, you know, you don't want to get comfortable. Right. Mm -hmm. So finding those things that are going to take you outside of your comfort zone. And then as you assess you start picking up little clues like, okay, I'm really good at this. I'm not so good at this, you know, right. but I think we just have to spend time with ourselves, right? right? And really ask ourselves those tough questions to really determine where our strengths and weaknesses are because they're going to change, right? Mm -hmm. Things that, you know, I was weak in in 2012 when I started with the SS, I'm stronger in now. Mm -hmm. And things that I was strong in, you know, I've had to tone down a little bit, right? Because the new level, which you think you're stronger marketing, but then it's like, hold up. I'm great at marketing now, yeah. but you put me at BT or USA Network. There you go. I'm not great because it's go. a whole different ball there game. Go. There you go. There you go. And now you have to continue to learn. So as yeah. you've grown in business, like hold up, I, I'm 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 strong in kindergarten, but now I'm in first grade. Right. right. And it's, it's bigger people. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can't, you know, you can't hold on to those strengths and weaknesses so tightly that you can't evolve, right? Because you have to evolve. Um, and that's the biggest thing is I, I said, you know, I, I, I'm driven, you know, I'm, I'm a driven person and I, you know, and I can say all these things that I feel like are my strengths, right? But then at the end of the day, I had to learn how to be flexible too, mm -hmm. because things were, you know, things were changing. And as I was starting to advance in my career, it required a different version of me, right? Mm. And I had to be able to hear it from people who I trusted saying, Sierra, you need to work on this, you know? Mm -hmm be open to it. Um, people closest to me say, you know, you need to work on this. You need to work on that. And so I had to take that in as someone that, you know, your pride can get in the way and you can, you know, I know myself and I'm, you know, and I had to like, you know, you have that battle, but at the end of the day, I knew, okay, to get to that next level, I have to rise with it. Right. Um, and make sure that, you know, my mind is where it needs to be, right. To be able to show up authentically and and actually be effective in that too right so um it definitely was you know you're growing into each level yeah. um but you're for me it's i became a lot more vulnerable to change and, and saying okay i may not have you know i may not have it all figured out yeah i may not you know i may have to look at myself and say is this really you know where i'm strong in is this really you know so i had to really be open to you know the the self-assessment Constantly. Mm. So now let's let's pivot. Um, let's start tactical business strategy. And one thing we talked about, it's crazy. I think we've already had a mini podcast before. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about Jack Welch. Jack Welch, and I know you gained a lot of things. So can you kind of explain kind of um what your role is in being um and is it was a university? Is it a program? Yeah, yeah. So and then also too on the back end of that, so we can just go ahead, you just yeah. hit take us there. Um, the top three things you learned from that program. Yeah. So um Jack Welch created a uh, executive MBA program yep. um, in partnership with Strayer. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, back in 2005, 2015, rather, um, I was, you know, looking for that next thing. And I'm like, you know, it, this will probably be a good time to go back to school mm -hmm. uh, again. I, I was in that period of assessment. I know where I'm weak in and I know where I'm strong in. Let me go to school to kind of balance it out. Yeah. Right. And so what I was looking for was a different perspective on business. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I knew Jack Welch would probably be able to offer that. Right. So um, 
explored the program, said, okay, we're going to move forward with yeah. it. Um, and over those, you know, two and a half years, what it allowed me to do is, is learn, you know, under instructors that have been in business successfully that now, you know, have retired and they're, and they're teaching and they're, giving away and, they're te- and they're telling you, you know, this is how, you know, I ran this company and here, you know, here's some things that you should. And it was just, you know, and even some of the guests, you know, speakers, you know, are, you know, CEOs of fortune 100 and 500 corporations that are coming to, you know, to help us learn what they're doing in their day-to-day business, right? Um, in a way that just, it was powerful. It was powerful to see. And so, you know, in that time, I just absorbed everything that I could from it. Um, every instructor, you know, I'm, I'm pulling bits and pieces from them, right? Um, and I'm putting them aside. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, this is all going to come together, right? When I finish, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to understand the bigger picture of how to apply it. And so, you know, I, I finished the program, graduated in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what I appreciated most about it and the things that I learned, you know, Jack Welch was totally different than than me in business. Yeah. You know, very cut and dry, you know, very performance based. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I had to learn, you know, where I may be emotional in some areas. Mm-hmm. You know, he taught me how to be a little bit more stern, right? Um, in a way that doesn't come off, um, you know, condescending or offensive to people, but in a way that allows things to get done. Yeah. Um, and, and it allows people to give you a certain level of respect, right? That you don't often get when you wear your emotions on your shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to step back and, and that definitely was a lesson. The other thing was just, you know, it's important to know your numbers, yeah. right? Um, so, you know, my degree was in English, yeah. right? Okay. <laughs> that, that was part, you know, in part because I hated math, right? Yeah. I didn't like the numbers. And so, um, you know, having to take financial management one, two, you know, all these, I had to, I had to understand, you know, what is a balance sheet, right? Mm-hmm. You know, understand, you know, the nuances of how to manage your finances and cash flow and all of these things. And so, um, you know, I learned that. Mm-hmm. I learned that, you know, through that program um, and it helped me later on to be able to, you know, put it to work yeah. within the business. Right. Um, and then the third thing I think is just, you know, being authentic with who you are as a leader. Mm. Right. Um, because, you know, Jack was very clear. This is who I am. You know, this is, you know, understanding the vision, mm-hmm. um, you know, behind what he did with GE, the culture the you know, he was clear. And, and it, he never wavered in it. Right. And yeah. so uh, I think for me, it was like, OK, I need to understand, you know, big picture. You know, what's the vision for me and how do I show up as a leader? And, you know, am I able to communicate that in a way that people can buy into it? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and give me opportunities to continue to grow and whatnot. So it allowed me to be a little bit more firm and clear on, you know, who I am, yeah. um, you know, how I'm going to show up in the workplace. Yeah. Right. And then how am I going to show up as a leader mm-hmm. um, and and really be more authentic all the way around? So, mm. yeah. So so let's let's make a quick pivot to. Uh, no, 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 we're not. Uh, business development, because I think that's uh, that is a skill set in itself that is very because entrepreneurs a lot of times start off with idea. Right. They build a skill, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But the, it all comes to a, a halt where. How can you bring in revenue? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, how can you how how can you make this a business? That's right. Instead of a hobby. Right. Or just a talent. Right. So uh we 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 could probably have a podcast for years about it, but what are some core things? Um, some core things, maybe some books or some some resources for those that honestly have talent, they got ability, um, but 
don't really know how to develop business and, and, and bring revenue to actually actualize their dreams and goals financially. Right. Right. I think it's key that, you know, you have to understand your your value proposition. Right. And be very clear about that, because that's what people are going to you know, that's that's what people buy into is really, you know, it may be a great product or service, mm-hmm. but how does it benefit me? Um, because if it doesn't benefit me, I'm not going to pay for it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think where we miss it oftentimes is we're not clear about, you know, what our value proposition is. But then the other piece, and I think this is more important, who is our ideal client? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, being very clear about that, because that's going to help you determine, you know, where what organizations do you need to be a part of? Mm-hmm. You know, what networking events do you need to go to? Right. Yeah. Because if your ideal clients aren't there then is it really going to produce the, the results that you're looking for, right? And so being very clear about that ideal client um, and then understanding the value propositions that you offer and not just stuff. I always say, you know, um, people say like, you know, we we offer quality service. <laughs> everybody says that, right? Like everybody, Greg, you know, everybody says we offer quality service. Like that's the go-to, right? Um, so, so really, like, let's be clear about what differentiates your company from all other companies, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so helping, you know, companies Quite understand that, right? That you've got to, it's, they hear, when you're thinking about people who are in procurement, um, you know, the people who are who are responsible for spending the dollars, you know, of these Fortune 100, 500 or even government a- agencies. Yes. Right. Um, they are they are responsible mm-hmm. for a lot of, of resources for that organization. Yeah. Right? Uh, but they're also engaging with hundreds and thousands of, you oh, know, of vendors. Right. Yeah. Um, so they're hearing the same stuff over and over and over again. So it really takes, you know, my strategy has always been let me understand my ideal client. And let me get clear about where they're trying to go mm-hmm. and their strategic goals and objectives, which you can do through reading annual reports. You don't have to read the whole 500 page yeah, document, right? But be strategic, right? Yeah. To find what you need. And then I, you know, I would have, okay, here are the four things that they're trying to accomplish. How do I align my company to be a strategic partner to mm-hmm. help them achieve it? Right. Because that's really what it is. That's if it. you, if you it's focus on. It's kind of simple on, if you think it about is, it. It is. It takes time up front yeah. to get clear about where they're trying to go. You know, you can li- listen in on earnings calls, like get that involved in it so that you can speak, you know, articulately about how they, you know, where they're trying to go. Um, and then you can say, here's how I can help you do it. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different conversation, right? Yeah. When I was able to do that and I was that crystal clear, then the opportunity started coming in and I had, you know, better success in, in adding those individuals as clients because I was clear about what we were going to do to be a strategic partner in helping them achieve their goals. Right. Uh, that was the difference versus, you know, we sell cleaning services. Right. <laughs> and we're going to offer you great service. It, it, it just didn't work. It wouldn't work. Right. Because everybody's saying every yeah. last one of my competitors are saying. Yeah. That, right? uh, and so I had to figure out something. different. I'm a good dude. Yeah. I'm a good woman. Yeah. Like, that, is that enough to marry? Right. Right. Like, oh, That's yeah. Right. Your wife was like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm just a good I'm a good quality person. Well, everybody, if you let them tell it, everybody quality. That's it. That's it. That's it. So, you know, you've got to go deeper. And I think, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, if you have a good product and service and you believe in it, you assume <laughs> that everybody else has that same passion, right? And buy in yeah. into what you're doing. And that's not often the case, right? Uh, you really have to take ownership of, of understanding how your product or service is going to add value to that company. Um, that's your responsibility. And you can't go in asking, you know, <laughs> them wh- wh- how they see it working, right? Because I've seen it happen where people go in and they're, you know, they're, it's like they're questioning, you know, that, <laughs> that buyer and that procurement, like, why, why should I do business with your company? And it's like, wait, like, 
that's not how it goes. It doesn't work like that, you know? So, so we've got some education that's needed in that. Um, and especially now, I think it's critical that we start to really look at our businesses, how we structure our businesses, um, you know, from the, from finances to HR to, I mean, all the things, because it's not just, it's not enough just to have a business plan. Mm -hmm. Like you really have to make sure you're structuring your business in a way that you can even be prepared to take on those contracts, right? Because if you do get one and you're not prepared, it could sink your whole business. So that's the reality that I think we, you know, we don't want to to really address, but it's going to be critical for us to actually have businesses that are sustainable mm -hmm. long term. You jump in that B2B market and it sounds good in theory, right? but if you're not prepared or, or know how you're framing your contracts or anything of that nature, it can right. get real dicey. Oh, it can. Legally, okay. just ethically, oh. it all can be... Yeah. The numbers and then also too financially, it can look good on paper, right? But then because you promise and stuff, you see oh, 100 grand, 150. Yeah. Oh, let's let's run it up. But then it's like, oh, you promise 15 shoots and these 15 shoots and the X, Y, and Z. You start looking at the numbers, like, yes, oh, sh bro, yes. What? my takeaway, yes, and that has to be the worst thing. You locked into a year, two year contract, yes. and you know, on paper it said 150 grand. Yes. You're like, yo, lit, yes, and then you're like, you'll take away 20 grand, yes, yes. And you're down there two years. You got to you have to fill that contract. You sit here like absolutely. You hurt. You delivering like and you didn't think about taxes and you didn't think about you know and so so that twenty thousand is even less because you know now you got to pay taxes on it, you know and so we we miss that stuff and that is why you know our businesses have trouble you know long term mm -hmm. because we don't often have the mentorship to tell us, you know, here's what you need to do. Mm -hmm. There's resources out there, absolutely. But I think it's better when, you know, when you have someone um, that, that looks like you or at least has, or is in the position that you want to be in to tell you these are the things you need to do in a way that, you know, you feel supported mm -hmm. versus, you know, feeling like someone's critiquing you. But I, I definitely think that's a, that's a key piece that we're missing and it influences our businesses greatly in the back end mm -hmm. because we can't sustain a pandemic because we didn't have the, you know, so, so the data is already showing, you know, in these, yeah. you know, in these business communities that we, you know, we were, we were already at risk before the pandemic, the pandemic yeah. just took us under, right? Yeah. But why? Because it didn't happen to other businesses that, you know, that we're seeing that are thriving through it. So how do we make sure that we structure our businesses like that Fortune 100 or 500 corporation, mm -hmm. even if we're just a small mom and pop, yeah. you can't structure it in a way to be that billion dollar, million dollar company but it takes the time and it takes the dedication to do that. So let's pivot. Let's pivot to personally, man, because I know you just took on a role and for a diversity, diversity and inclusion yeah. and um, being a part of that space is really uh, it's an interesting place to be in. Because uh, honestly, the, there's a lot of companies that for the longest have just they, they've had people in DNI roles and they have diversity and inclusion initiatives. But you in the company is the most racist, toxic companies for <laughs> black people, for uh, people that identify as gay or trans, right. et cetera. And it's like how public facing is all good, mm -hmm. but it's really just terrible. Right. Um, so can you speak from a personal level, but also too now you have a leadership role in said institution where now you can kind of kind of dictate that policy. So what is a gate? How do you attack that where for so long people have been sleeping the wheel? Right. It's like you walk in, you come in the room and people there's nobody on the wheel. It's like, yo, we got the DNI. No budget, no no team, no nothing. Right. And yo, we right. we stand by DNI. Well, yeah. well, marketing and sales, you got ten thousand sales reps. Right. DNI got one person. Right, right. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and that's that is the reality that yeah. some companies do it because you know it looks good, right? Uh, some companies do it because it's really a part of their core, core values. I'm fortunate that in you know with the company that I work with, mm-hmm. it is a part of the core values, right? Um, and and I was able to over the eight years that I've been a part of the you know the companies. Um, to, to really understand that and, and to advocate for it even more because, you know, we're a minority owned company, right? Okay. Environmental services is a minority owned company. We're already in that circle. Okay. Um, and, you know, we were, we were working with the corporations, we were doing all this stuff, but it was time to take it to another level, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it was time for us to look at it uh, from a different point of view. Now we're in a position where we can extend opportunities to small and diverse businesses. We're in a position where we have to look at our workforce and say, how diverse is our workforce? Right. Mm-hmm. And those, you know, that's that's both our companies combined. Right. So, you know, uh, environmental service systems and, and diversified maintenance. Right. So we're in a position now where we're bringing two, you know, two sister companies together. Yeah. And we're saying, OK, here, you know, diversity and inclusion has been a part of our values, but we want to amplify that now right mm-hmm. and we want to put real strategy behind it make the investment in it um and and go out and you know into the world and say hey here we are and here's what we believe and we're going to back it by action right mm-hmm. uh, that's that's not always the case uh, so you know for me of course being you know black being a woman being a part of the lgbt community right i checked all of the the boxes for the diversity yeah right like other than being a veteran you know i'm not so some of those things not so much but i checked enough to be able to give a perspective right uh and so as i was advancing in my career i was always looking for you know i was looking for the diversity right i was looking for it and, and you almost soak it up when you see it but then when you don't see it it's like okay well then i have to become it right and so you know growing up in my career and not seeing as much diversity uh I took ownership of being the person. Right. And so everywhere I went, you know, my thought process was like to be an example, you know, be an example, let people see the fruit. Right. So of diversity. Right. Because I mean, it's especially, I mean, you're dealing with lack of better word, you know, European folk, they, it's a, it's a numbers game. It's a metrics game. And they, you, unfortunately, you got to quantify, even though we've been quantifying for our entire existence in the United States, our value, but in the corporate, you got to quantify. So what, What's in it for me with diversity right. inclusion? Like, how can I win? Right. But if you think about it, you have people from different mindsets. Of course, you're going to win a different walks in like they're going to see things differently. Absolutely. But for some reason, these smart people, mm-hmm. the society is deemed as smart, don't right. see that, which I never could still understand that. Yeah. But yeah, how, how can we, unfortunately, but it's the nature of the game, you did right. the reality. How can we showcase the value that we're that added in diversity? And for you, specifically, the companies you've been a part of, can you share what diversity has done actually tangibly for companies? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the key is, I think, for people to understand the value, we have to own our own diversity. So I think in a lot of, you know, especially in a corporate environment, we code switch a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's not a comfort in being our authentic selves. And so people don't see the diversity and they don't embrace it and they don't they don't make the correlation mm-hmm. because we try to fit in with, you know, with them, right? And so I think there's an opportunity for us to to be more authentic and say, okay, here's who I am. You know, when I first started, you know, with environmental service systems, I was nervous about, you know, saying, okay, you know, I am in a same-sex relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember when we, when you know, I was going through the onboarding process and I was looking at the benefits and they didn't have benefits for same-sex couples. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh man, like how, you know, and I, and I was, t- you know, I had this tug of war with, do I say something? Do I not say something? And I finally, you know, I did, I said, it's important that I say something <laughs> because it could just be, you know, 
I'm the only one. They don't know. You know, it could yeah. be that, you know, it could be. And so, you know, we had the conversation. They, you know, they made the accommodation to, you know, have the policy. And we never for, think, I mean, yeah. you never think about yeah. that. Like, no. hold up. Yeah. What? Yeah, you don't. And so it was an educational moment. And that for everybody. was for everybody. Right. And, and, and it was okay because that, you know, I could say, well, why don't, you know, every company should have that, but some just don't know. Yeah. Right. Some are slow to evolve. Yeah, we can't cancel it before we, we try to cancel stuff so fast. Like, yo, I don't know, bro. Like, yeah. And yeah. I wish we would have more empathy on that because we say, even myself, I may say certain yeah. things and just happen say like, yo, G, that, that, that's a little off. Yeah. Well, G, I, I, instead of being like, yo, G, nah, bro, G, you're misogynistic, yeah. you're X, Y, and Z. And I'm right. like, bro, I didn't know. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 you've got it. And so there's some, you know, because I think people who have been oppressed yeah. in society, they are, you know, you, you get offensive, right? And you, and you get defensive because yeah. you're like, you know, wait a minute. Like I, you know, it, it's hard for, it's hard for us when we have our guards up. To, to accept that people just may not know because yeah. we're so accustomed to people knowing yeah. and, you know, and then just being negative. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think there was an opportunity for me. That lesson was, OK, they didn't know. So now I'm here. Uh -huh. Now, how do I make you know my involvement with these organizations impactful? And the, the critical piece was I had to be authentic. Yeah. So, you know. It was funny. I ESS. I had the long hair. I wore the dress. Yeah. I had the makeup. You know, uh, very quickly thereafter, I looked like I look now, right? Uh -huh. And it was a big thing. Like, you know, what are people going to think? How are people? Gonna, you know, but it was so important that, like, I'm authentic because I, they had to see me being all of what Sierra is to really be able to embrace me. And I needed them to see all of that to know that this was my safe place, right? Um, and you so, like short hair. I do. Is that your preference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I've never seen you with long hair. Yeah, no, nobody, <laughs> yeah. nobody has. So you have to go back. To it's like on the Lizzie. 20, you got to go back on Facebook, like 2012. You'll see some pictures with me with long hair. People don't believe it now, right? Because it's so. But I remember, like, I over a weekend cut my hair, changed all, you know, all my wardrobe out, came to work on Monday looking like a totally different person, right? And it's funny, I've got a badge. I'll send it to you. I've got my first badge with like the long hair, the blouse, the makeup and everything. And then you see my, my badge now is totally different. Right. But it was an evolution. Yeah. Um, but I had a safe place to do it. Right. Um, I know that not everybody has that, but my, my role and my, my purpose in this is to create those safe spaces in corporate environments uh, where companies need uh, an advocate internally to help educate them on what they should and should not do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if we step in these DI roles, DNI roles with that understanding that, you know, we, we can help kind of be the compass here. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, then we can help these companies along and we can create safe spaces so that everyone can flourish in these environments and they don't have to be concerned about, you know, do I have to hide this? Do I have to, you know, um, so that's the, you know, that's my approach to DNI is, you know, understanding everyone's perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, it's not a one size fits all in this, right. It's really being clear about what everyone brings to the table. Right. And then also making sure that we have a table that yeah. seats everybody and not just see some, but that allows them to have input in, you know, in the direction that we're going as a company. Right. That's key. And so, you know, I, I'm very fortunate that I, you know, I was given this opportunity to do it. Um, I, I was advocating for it for, for years. I knew I wanted to be in this diversity space. I just mm -hmm. didn't know, you know, how to make it work. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the opportunity presented itself. And because, you know, going back to my business development days, I had to attach a business case to it. Yeah. Right. That's the thing. And that's, you know, you, some people say it's just the right thing to do. It is. Uh -huh. But in a business setting, 
There has to be a business case. We just yeah. have to deal with the reality. There has to be a business case to it. There has, it has to make sense, right? Um, and so I was able to go in and say, okay, we know diversity is going to allow us to be more competitive because we're going to get, you know, d- diverse perspectives. We're going to yeah. have people at the table that are going to offer us new, new ideas that are going to help us be more efficient and more effective. And new connections. Right? And, and new connections, right? We know that, you know, our, our clients have an expectation that we're going to have a commitment to diversity. We're going to share that commitment that they have, right? So our workforce needs to look like that, right? It needs to look like we have diverse, not just in our, you know, in our cleaning positions, but mm-hmm. we have diversity in our leadership as well, yeah, right? Because I mean, a lot of pit companies get off or, oh, Amazon, yeah, we have our data, yeah. but hold up, that's for your your people right. working. Right. Look at that. Oh, it's worth one, right. 0.8%. Right. Yeah. Data, data delete. (laughs) You can't see that data. Absolutely. You've got to look at it. So, you know, that that's what we're doing. We're we're, you know, making sure our workforce, you know, is diverse at all levels. Right. Uh, We're we're integrating, you know, new partners in the the company uh, to allow us to, you know, build relationships with those organizations that are working with these diverse communities. Right. Whether it's chambers of commerce, whether, you know, whatever HBCUs, you know, we're just trying to build these relationships now so we can get access, you know, to that network and say, hey, we're we're here and we're intentional about what we're doing. Right. It's not a, uh, you know, check in a box scenario. You know, the our company really believes this and we're intentional about creating a safe space for you to flourish. Right. Um, and then on, on the other side, you know, we're we're creating a, a supplier diversity program. So we're going to bring, you know, we're going to bring diverse suppliers into our supply chain. We're going to spend money with them. Mm-hmm. Right. We're going to help them create jobs. We're going to help them, you know, to be able to to sustain, you know, through a pandemic and yeah. whatever else happens. Right. Um, so there's some opportunities for us to now pay it forward, whereas we've been able to grow with corporations that have supplier diversity programs. Yeah. And, you know, like and NBA, now, NBA weekend. I remember NBA All Star weekend. Yeah. You know, NBA and, you know, all these companies we've been fortunate to work with now we're going to turn it back and say okay let's pay it forward right and so there's you know that it's an exciting time but the, the root of it all is intentionality right um it's it's passion it's understanding that um it is something that as a company you know we need to do mm-hmm. um and we need to be we need to own it. You know, everyone has a stake of ownership in DNI. It's not just Sierra leading, you know, leading yeah. the charge. Everyone has a stake of ownership in this for it to really be successful. And so, you know, the, I've been fortunate to be able to travel around, meet the team, engage, you know, I call it like a little mini listening tour, mm-hmm. you know, to get, you know, get uh, familiar with our staff and just have real conversations and then take it back and be intentional about, you know, putting strategies behind it that are going to help us be better and help our employees, you know, have opportunities to advance in their career. And, you know, and, and then also with our company, our, our customers to be able to go back and say, hey, now we have our own diversity program and we're intentional about it. We're going to have the data to support it because we're yeah. going to measure ourselves. Right. We're not just going to have a program. We're going to have <laughs> data to support it. Right. And, and so how does that look? How does that strengthen our relationships with our current clients? Right. It shows that we are we are putting an investment behind, you know, diversity and inclusion just as they are. Um, and we're going to support it by the data that's going to help them as they're looking at their diversity spend. They, you know, it just it, it creates this win win for all involved. Yeah. And that's that's the whole game. So um, in regards to that, because we as we as we um, as we begin to close, mm-hmm. uh, one question I always make sure I ask everybody is when it's all said and done, um, how do you want to be remembered? Mm. You know, I. At, at the core of it all, I, I would hope that people would say that I was always there to help. You know, that that's it. Um, 
no matter what what I've done in life, I think the core thing is that I'm always in, you know, the person that says I'll help however I can. You know, um, I really want people to know that that never changed. If yeah. anything, I hope that as I continue to grow in my career, that I'm able to do even more. Right. Yeah. I'm always trying to figure out, OK, what do we do? How do we, you know, increase our giving? How do we make sure that we're more involved in the community? How do we make sure that, you know, that if people are reaching out for help on something that I used to do, that I still can, you know, be of service to them or at least connect them to resources. So it's just, you know, I, I want people to know. Um, that I was always willing to help in some capacity mm-hmm. um, and that, you know, I I lived an authentic life. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't you know, I didn't compromise on integrity, mm-hmm. my morals. You know, I, I kept all of that intact, um, even in, you know, an environment where you're you're working full time. Then you have your entrepreneurial venture. Mm-hmm. I kept, you know, no conflicts of interest, like integrity was like the key piece. And so I'd hope that people see that as being, you know, um, a part of the ingredients that made me who I was and, and how I showed up mm. in the world. Mm. So now we're going to go to our rapid fire round, five rapid fire questions, wow. rapid fire answer, ready to go? Let's do it. What's the best, what's the best piece of advice that you have never received? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Um, it's okay to slow down. It's mm. okay to slow down. Mm. I like it's that. Okay. Yeah, it's okay to slow Cooking down. that real quick, just because mm. I, I think that's, uh, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's hard, but I think when you go, 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 one of the things, if I had to look back over my life, I started working at 14 and a half, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I had to look back at it, I would say I never, I was never fully in a moment. Right. Uh, because I was always like, you accomplish this onto the next, accomplish this onto the next. Right. And so I never, you know, I'm just now getting to a place and it's a struggle that I just sit for a while and say, okay, I'm good. And if I don't do something every single day, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Right. Like I don't have to do something every single day. I can have yeah. a day of rest where I don't do anything. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's, that's, that's what I mean by it's okay to slow down. Like, you know, whatever my lot is, whatever God has for me, I'm going to get to it eventually. Yeah. And it may not be all, you know, if I had it my way, I'd like to be a millionaire. You know, I would have liked to be a millionaire several years ago. Yeah. Right. I'll get that. You know, I'll get to where I want to be uh-huh. financially. I'll get to where I want to be emotionally and everything else. But it's all in due time. Yeah. And that piece, like being OK with due time, yeah. the appointed time, however we want to put being OK with that. Yeah. That's a struggle. That's a struggle. but it's okay to slow down because I don't want to speed through life and not really experience yeah. it. Right. Do all like, this stuff in the NW 70, 80, like I did all this stuff, but I right. never even like, yo, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to feel it. That's it. And it's still important because the legacy, the stuff you done is going to live right. on, but then like, I want to enjoy it too. Right. You feel right. me? Like I, we right. living life for ourselves too, right. like to a certain extent. Right. That's right. Mm. So if you, uh, if you could take away one habit or add one habit, no, take away a habit and add one habit, what would they be? Mm. Oh, gosh. Take away a habit. Um, so I would a habit that I would take away would be. Uh, so I need to, I need to be on a schedule with sleep. So um, I've now started to adopt a late night working, you know, uh, schedule. <laughs> I would take that habit away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would put in, um, you know, waking up earlier. So, so time you wake up now. So usually I'm up about six thirty. Uh-huh. Um, I'd like to be up about five. That that's the threshold. But when do you go to sleep? I'm usually in bed by like midnight, one, 
okay. the latest. So, you know, when you look at the amount of hours I'm sleeping, it's not, you know, it's not sustainable long term. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, I would like to, you know, I, when I was working out, I work out at like five o'clock in the morning and I had to strip yeah, You was going hard in the gym. I was going, I was going, you was going crazy. I was going hard. And now with the, you know, the pandemic has changed <laughs> things a little bit. Right. Um, and I have, you know, it's sad because I have the little Peloton bike and, you yeah. know, and I'm sitting, you know, and I'm at, I can't get myself up to go downstairs to ride the Peloton bike, but I can get myself up to go drive to meet with somebody, you know, but that's a whole nother thing. So, so a habit would be get up. And, you know, and, and make sure that I prioritize myself first before mm -hmm. I start my day, which Man, would be, preaching. you yeah, know, I, I'm, I'll be up and I just I'm, I'm getting to it. Yeah. But I understand, though, I'm, I'm a realistic. I'm self-aware. It's the season. Right. It can't be like if it's like this forever, I won't live that long. Right. <laughs> right. Like, that's right. not or I will live long. It's right. going to be a bad life. It's going to be I'm going to get the Hillary Clinton syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, like because yeah. they work. I, I read books. They four or five hours straight, but they look like they got four. Five. I said it. Sorry, Hillary. You, you and yeah. Bill. Yeah, yeah. Bill, too. You can get it, too. Y'all look like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Too, the, the decisions y'all make with funds, y'all y'all kind of y'all move like right. that, too. But right. I ain't going right. there. Right. Like, right. You feel you gotta, me? Yeah. But you got to think about now. You know, I'm I'm 33, so you know, when I came into 33, it was like this is my Jesus year. I'm gonna go hard, I'm, you know. And then I'm like, yeah, but at what cost? That's the question I ask myself a lot. Um, at what cost now? Because you know, I'll be 40, you know, and a co you know, yeah. like you're just being honest. And yeah. so it's like I have to think about the long term game here. Uh, I'll get to where I want to go, no doubt. I have no doubt everything I want to accomplish, I'm going to accomplish. But it doesn't have to be today. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. Like it can just, it can happen. Right. And so I just, I have to take the the control, the reins and kind of just relax my yeah. hold on them and just let, you know, God move in the way that he wants to move instead of me trying to force how it all comes together. That's, you know, yeah. that's well, we want to fast forward time, but not, not fast forward our character. There you go. There it's you like go. we 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 want so fast, but like your your character got to grow too. There you go. And doesn't mean you're a bad person. You can have yeah. be a good person, but still, need, yeah. character can still grow. Oh God, that was, if I had it, for what has manifested right now, if that had happened to me, mm -hmm. you know, when I wanted it to, you know, eight years ago, I wouldn't have been able to sustain this. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to to maintain what is necessary to to keep this afloat, right? Because I wasn't ready emotionally I wasn't ready you know like I just wasn't there mentally I wasn't there and so now I can say all right I get it I get yeah. why you have to have the preparation before you get you know the manifestation of what it because, is that man, you it can be we've seen it we've yeah. seen it in culture people get a lot of money early or get a lot of influence and power early yes. and they go crazy and we yes. we love to laugh at them but right. it ain't it really won't they fault they right. just they just they got sped up that's it and then you that's you because you would have gave me a million at, at 18. Yeah. Oh, we would have been, I mean, actually, I wouldn't have been reckless, but I would have been reckless. Like, I wouldn't, like, so I get it. And yeah. the last question of this is, um, if you were the president of the United States, what's the first thing you would do? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I think I would, I would disperse resources, financial, mm -hmm. educational mm -hmm. resources into uh, underprivileged communities. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's key. Because, you know, we talk about affordable housing. We talk about all these things. Yeah, they're all critical things. Mm -hmm. But I think um, too many people are being left behind at the most basic level. Um, and there are certain things that we could equip them with that would help them, you know, pull themselves out of those situations that they're in. Um, so I would I would make that a priority. I think we've got to reach back, help people who we've forgotten or that we've said don't have value. 
in the society and, and cr- give them the resources that will help them be successful. Mm-hmm. And everybody is, 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 is a culture change agent has ever been on this show. And it's the last question of the podcast as we close. It's been a, a, a really rapid, like I didn't realize how much time has flown, but like, <laughs> Cool. We've been rapping. It's been like yeah. a racquetball. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like, yo. Good time. Yeah, it's been yeah, a good, good time. time. Wonderful time to be alive. So yes. um, the question is, we can add, if we could change one thing about society, most specifically the African-American culture, uh, in your opinion, what would it be and why? Mm, I would, first thing that comes to mind, I, I would want us to own our greatness. Mm-hmm. Own it, you know, um, to not put our greatness in someone else's hands or put the control of, you know, how we move in in this society in someone else's hands. I would want us to take ownership of our own greatness, our own power, um, and then disperse it out so that people understand, you know, it's it's powerful to be black. Like no matter what the narrative is, what you're hearing, it's powerful to be black, right? Um, it's, It's powerful to be any diverse classification at this point, but We've got to understand that we have we have power. We do have greatness. We do have the ability to, you know, be self-sufficient, to, you know, to to live the lives of our dreams. Right. Um, I think we just need to boost, you know, our culture up in a way um, that will allow us to reconnect to what I think our ancestors were very clear about. um, Our resiliency, our power, our greatness, reconnect to that and then live, you know, as you know. as connected to that as possible, right? That we can just really thrive off of it. I think it would give us a battery boost Mm -hmm. as a culture, you know? Um, But I I would hope that, you know, that's the piece that I think we're, that we're missing. It's just that we, we've given control Mm -hmm. where control shouldn't have been given. Um, And we almost became comfortable uh, with, you know, being oppressed Right. It was an expectation that it's just going to be, you know, that this is just what it is to be black in in America or, you know, any, um, you know, underprivileged group. I think we have to go back and take, you know, take the power back, take the greatness back and and, you know, and teach it to our youth so that they can do things differently. Mm -hmm. So on that note, uh, where can people find more information about the work you do and keep in contact or reach out, et cetera? Yeah. So uh, for. Cleaning Network is, is cleaningnetworkworldwide.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the website. It has all the information for those that want to join, whether you're a cleaning professional or a cleaning company. Um, if you have interest in, in connecting with me personally, uh, of course, I'm on Facebook. I'm Sierra Lilly. You can find me pretty easily. Um, not so much on Twitter, but LinkedIn, same thing, Sierra Lilly. Um, Instagram, same, Sierra Lilly. Um, and then on for Diversified ESS, if that's something that's of interest to folks, um, Environmental Service Systems website, environmentalss.com, uh, Diversified Maintenance, DiversifiedM.com. So um, all of those platforms, you can, you'll find me as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly those are the, the main ways to, to connect with me. Mm, so my know the trouble is a nation. Make sure, make sure, make sure. One, we want to say, nah, before you make sure anything, we want to say thank you for giving us well over our good time, opening up the space. I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been a journey. Yes. Um, but yo, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal show, yes. which I knew it was going to be. Um, I'm excited to, to, to put it out in the atmosphere and I'm excited to keep building and growing because there's yes. certain things I've always, um, certain areas specifically in the minority, um, on business space that you're uh, ASAT. And I know there's some things that we got to, we've been leveling up on 
on one end, but there's some areas, some gaps that we know we need to fill. So we definitely look forward to, to working with you and things of that nature. Um, and MCB, man, uh, yo, show it a love, man. As always, make sure you do two things, two things only. Uh, one, leave a review. Five star. If it's not a five star, don't leave it. Um, <laughs> just leave. I don't care. That's if it's right. not five star, I'm not really on it. Right. Um, and then number two, make sure you change the freaking culture. Good night.